All right, everybody, welcome to the Independent Streak Podcast, only on Jesse Ventura's Die First, Then Quit here on Substack. And today I'm joined by a longtime friend, had him on uh, the Watching the Hawks show many a times to talk media and politics and, and film and culture and all sorts of wonderful topics. Uh, the one and only Chris Chambers. Chamber, Mr. Chambers, thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure from hot, hot D.C. to somewhat hot Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we've been able to dodge it. I don't know how Minneapolis. It's getting to 90s a little bit, but not nearly as bad as like the rest of the country and around the world. But I wanted to bring you on today because uh, a long time ago, we had a great conversation uh, on watching the Hawks about the release of Black Panther and, and the impact that that film had. Uh, and I love your style and how you look at films. So I want to talk to you today about Jordan Peele's new film, Nope, which came out uh, just, I think, last weekend on the 22nd. Uh, I've seen it. You've seen it. Uh, let me just start and say, what was your expectation going in? And then as you left, how did the film meet, exceed, or or not live up to what you were thinking going into it? Oh, it... it, it um... It, it's, you know, it, it, it met my expectation, which was very high. I mean, the only the only surprise and, you know, I mean, by now, I think people are going to, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. But I mean, by now, I think people should, you know, probably uh, who, who were anticipating this movie thought we're dealing with an alien spacecraft. It's not an alien spacecraft. It's an alien. You know, it's 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 a monster movie, basically. And, you know, so even uh, though it, it pivoted like that for me, it still met my expectations. I mean, my expectations being high because, you know, I'm, you're a creator, I'm a creator. I mean, I've, I've you know, you've written, you've read my novels. I have one coming out in, you know, in October, obviously. Um, I, I try to keep that, that, that level of, of respect for art and, and people who make art up. And he he certainly, you know, blew me away, um, you know, because whether you look at this as a sci-fi uh, movie or as a monster movie, the layers are always going to be there. The, the layers of sociopolitical commentary and on capitalism and on human nature, they're always going to be there. And, and, and he did it. You know, he hit it out of the park. You know, I think there's some people who say, I don't understand it. Well, you know, I mean, it wasn't that complicated of a movie. I think some people were thinking, you know, he's going to plug up a lot of gaps. And I think that's probably from our, our COVID expectation that, you know, we're, we, you know, we've been cooped up for two years. We want everything laid out for us and explained to us and spoon fed for us on a, on, on, on a basic, you know, child level. And Jordan Peele ain't going to do that. That's one of the things I really enjoyed about the film was it was such a breath of fresh air, especially during summer, you know, the, the quote unquote summer blockbuster movie season is that that film had so many different layers that I think that anybody watching it, depending on what they brought into it or what they're kind of interested in. I mean, you had it covers everything from kind of a, a, a great commentary or metaphor for for Hollywood and, and the, you know, what what the art system is out there or the blockbuster system is out there it had a commentary on animal rights so many different layers that, that that's what really struck me that and it allowed and it's rare these days um i felt one of the strongest aspects of it is it really allowed the characters to be to be characters to be people it allowed the it allowed 
character development that I don't think you really see in today's blockbusters that that often. No, you you don't. I mean, and and, uh, it, and it's interesting. You know, you, you 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 go back to the summer blockbuster kind of trope. I mean, it, it it you're absolutely right. I mean, that's you know he's he's making a comment on summer blockbusters by making a summer blockbuster, and but. But 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 here's the thing that you know to these people who say I don't, I didn't get it it was too complicated too cerebral, if you look at it on a basic summer blockbuster level, how is it any different than Jaws? You have this horrible creature out there that seems to be smarter than you know the humans, and 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 you have these intrepid people in the face of a lot of people who don't think anything's going on who try to hunt it down and stop it. On a basic level, that's every monster movie, and that's what and that's what he's doing. I mean, but then you pile all the stuff that he's very good at at imparting with the, the sociopolitical content, the co- content. I mean, the, the the commentary on capitalism and and Hollywood and and and, and spectacles, and, he, and he's like, even animal rights, from the chimp to you could make an argument that that this creature, which they named Jean Jean Jacket, um, <laughs> that this creature was in, involved in that too. I'm sure. If if you're a member of PETA, you're you're like go ahead eat them all, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't know that we don't know how this thing got to Earth, but clearly, you know, a human being, you know, I've given way more, you know, um, um, tricked it or enticed it into staying where it is to make money off of it. Yeah, that was a I thought an incredible character arc for uh a, a man who ran the uh the uh old west town and and then turning it into a commodity and it, w- it it was really brilliant writing that character because what really struck me about it was here's a guy who survived trauma and the brilliance of writing about his surviving of this trauma of what happened to him as a child actor with the, the ape going crazy on set and killing people and, and maiming people, which was a brilliant commentary on kind of that unto itself. Mm-hmm. Um, thought what really struck me about that character is when he when he turned around and started, they asked him, well, what did you experience? And he can't really get in. You can tell his trauma and his guard is so up that he just refers to it back to, as an SNL scat. Yeah. You know, where he does, you know, he doesn't even like really talk about what happened to him, which then sets up for why he would essentially make the same mistake that the producers on his show made, which was you're dealing with a, a wild, uncontrollable thing, and you're going to feed it horses for a few weeks, and then expect to expect to put it on display, and then tragedy takes place. Well, you know, it's I I try to do that with my novels is try to you know meet people where they are. And, and show, you know, that you have people who are so jaded uh, by their experience or, or, or so affected or so traumatized or so privileged that when you feed them a set of circumstances, they might not respond the way you think a, a human being would. I mean, this is a guy who was traumatized, but also extremely privileged and extremely, um, 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 you know, kind of spoon-fed by Hollywood. I mean, let's not uh, take away from the racial aspect of it, where you saw you have you have an Asian cowboy who's making money off of being a cowboy, but the, the real black cowboys, nobody believes that they're cowboys. So there's that element, too. And, 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 and yet, you know, all he can do, instead of recounting this, this, this heartfelt trauma, is is talk about Hollywood, talk about, you know, a fictitious, 
of course, SNL's kid. Because they, they were very quick to say that we never did anything like that. And Jordan yeah. Peele was just making fun of us in the movie because the people were like, wait a minute, what? You know? Right. And I love I love I love that the fact that he called it the, the he called him the viewers before he knew what it was because then it kind of it, it, it layers that it, it drops that layer into of like how how guilty are we whether you want to make the reality TV thing or or that or or you know modern internet where everything you're filming everything no matter what the hell happens and and you know that but now you know you're kind of implementing us into that too that like you know we'll sit and watch tragedy and and, and pay a ticket price for it yeah I mean I I. I... With the Real Housewives um, um, franchise, there's two of them in the DC one going through terrible, you know, divorces now that that I wouldn't want anybody to know about, and and they're making it part of the script, I, and the husbands are going along with it, and these are people with children. He he is spot on, and you know, and and and, and sadly, it's spot on about us as the real viewers that, that eat this stuff up. I mean, you know, the, the monster's literally eating us up, but we're eating up the monster. I, you know, because I, I got to tell you, Terrell, I mean, when I was watching that movie and some of the terrible things when he, he was literally, or it was literally digesting those people, um, I, and the people in the theater were going crazy. Um, I, I bet you if, you if you could really find that and put it on, you know, it, it, the ratings would be through the ceiling. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, the horror would be, everybody would be like, oh, man, did you see that? That was great. You know, yet, you know, right at the point of contact, it's horrific, but you, 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 you know, you, you, you dress it up enough, and it's wonderful. You know, primetime, you know, primetime ratings, right? You know, yeah. it, it's like, and I have to give a, I, I don't know, not enough people, I don't know if they didn't catch it or maybe I'm not hip to it, but I had to give a shout out to probably the character who I felt got, did the worst in that whole film was the poor co-star who shows up to his, you know, big unveiling of this flying saucer, Steven Yeun's <laughs> unveiling. And, you know, you see the damage on her face from what the monkey did her. And then she dies horribly getting eaten by an outer space monster. I'm like, this person had the worst life. <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, you know, she obviously was probably a very privileged child star. And she's part of his universe. And this is what happened. Although I will say this. I mean, it... it it did also shed light on 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 the, um, the the rash of chimpanzee maulings, you know, because you you know, I mean, and, and that's what you look like after chimpanzee does its thing. Oh, you don't have any lips or or eyelids, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you look at Jordan Peele as a filmmaker, I think it's fair to say now he's 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 three for three. I mean, you definitely see the influence of the Twilight Zone. You definitely see his his love of Hitchcock and 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 probably an element to Spielberg in there too, obviously with the, especially with this film, but it's interesting. I, it's been a long time since I've seen a filmmaker, a young filmmaker, probably about my age or so, or be three for three and, and be, and, and out of, and having just made three films, he's now an event director, which I think in today's day and age, you don't see that often. You know, we have a lot of directors from like, you know, the 90s, 80s, and even the 70s, and, you know, Scorsese is still with us and things like that. But there, you haven't seen many visionary directors come along in a, in a, in a while. And maybe I can think of like, 
you know him uh, and and uh, the director of Dune and and you know maybe a few if that the to where now this guy can open a picture just on his name alone. What do you think about him has made that has made him such a a bankable director and a visionary director? And then why do you think that we don't have that kind of because in the seventies it was all about the directors, you know now we don't really see that as much anymore. I think that he first of all you're right he is a throwback. He's a throwback to the 70s, even the 60s, you know, and, and I think that um, the forces that were around back then that made these people have kind of, res there's a resurgence or they're kind of an evolution. And back then, the, di the directors really had to take a hold of Hollywood by themselves and shake it because of TV, network TV, you know, had ruined them, you know, and, and network TV largely was terrible. And so the, the, the mainstream response of Hollywood was to be just as terrible, except for these visionary kind of, of mavericks. And I think that he's seeing the same thing now. He's seeing, you know, uh, different types of, 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 of ways of conveying stories. You know, it could be streaming, um, you know, podcasting, um, video podcasting, you know, mo movies that are, that are made on an iPhone. Everything from that to big studio um, we're talking about maybe 15% of it that's, that's really good. And he's basically saying he's rebelling against that. So he's, it, so it's, he's basically fighting the same beast that, that those people did in the 60s, late 60s and, and during the 70s. And then those people got co-opted. And then, you know, and then you started to get into the blockbusters. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, around 81, 82, you saw the beginnings of the, the good blockbusters or the quote well-made blockbusters. So everything from Raiders of the Lost Ark to ET to the Terminator and all that kind of stuff. They, they were still bluster and bullshit, but they were well-made bluster and bullshit. Exactly. And I, and, and I think that, you know, that, that era and is, is, is now over, you know, I mean, to some extent, as we were talking about before we, you know, I came on the show, the, the, you know, the superhero, trope is still strong but i mean even that is is you know there's there's ebb and flow there but he's trying to bring it back to that you know I, i'm i'm an artist i'm trying to entertain you i'm you know but i'm still an artist so i'm gonna i'm gonna be true to my art and i'm gonna make you think and you know he's got a background in comedy and you know you know as a creator that you know comedy is hard you know anybody can make you cry but comedy is hard so you got to oh, yeah. be smart and you got to be on and you got to be sharp to really do that. And I think that that's, he's a perfect storm of all those, of all those talents. The last thing, and this is just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just shooting out of the, you know, out of my ass on this one. <laughs> is that um, I think that because he's, um, he's, a, um, he's, 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 he's biracial and he grew up, uh, literally, you know, in, in, in a two, two, in a, in a two world world where, you know, his, it, between his mother and his father, very, you know, even though they combined to make him, they had, he had very different upbringings, depending on where he was, he was staying at the time, he got to basically shut up and observe and, 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 you know, not just shut up and then, and then fit into either one of those worlds and slide. And I think that, when you have that kind of a talent, you know, and maybe it's a survival skill. Um, I think that translates into, you know, what the kind of content you're creating. Um, so he's not, you know, he's not, he's not coming from, 
a place of 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 um of, of you know obviously not a hollywood background and you know he's he's coming from a different place and i think all that combines to make him you know a visionary and you know that's that's tough for some people to take but i mean i think it's i think it's 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 great in this you know i think what's he's he's needed i agree i agree because you know even like look i love marvel films and they're and they're wildly entertaining but like if you told me who directed what you know i they all look the same you know to a certain extent yeah. you know and and you kind of that's the if you want to call it the corporatization or, or whatever it is where you know where boy man you walk into a jordan peele film and you know it's a jordan peele film and and you know that to a certain degree they're kind of giving them a blank check which you just you know like i said you just don't see very often anymore it's interesting when you mention the reaction to the film uh as you said you know people were kind of miffed in the sense of like man i, I it makes me think and boy is it me or do we we need more films especially today that make us think and, and i would love to see hopefully with the success of nope and, and and a few other things that come down the pike um i would love to see a, a return to that kind of level of filmmaking where you don't necessarily have to have everything spoon-fed to you you don't necessarily have to know why the monster does what it does or you know that there's an element of mystery that we just don't have in society especially in in, in filmmaking today no, we, we don't. I mean, and, and, and you know, I think it's, um, there are some people who are so cynical that think, well, that you don't have that because we can't handle it. Um, I, I, I don't think we're that far gone yet, but I think, you know, there, there's certain elements in our society that, that probably have crossed that line where they really, you know, they're not going to really like it because there's no, there's, you know, there's, there's no formula that they can follow that they expect. And, um, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what he comes up with next because he's got he's chosen horror and 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 uh, thrillers and suspense as as his medium, um, you know he can do a variety of things with that you know he it, it's it, it's the, the it, it's a great medium to work from I mean I, I mean I use uh, crime fiction and mysteries but. Because you can you can dress every allegory is like you can do whatever you want with that. I mean, um, but at the same time, you know, people are going to say, okay, well, what's going to be next? What's going to be next? I mean, it, it, what what he doesn't want to do is fall into this trap and say, okay, well, it's going to be a Jordan Peele movie, you know, and then it's like a brand and it's corporatized. M Night Shyamalan like trap. Peele's take on vampires. Jordan Peele's take on werewolves. I mean, and then it's it's, it's going to be like, eh, you know, and and and, that, and 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 then sooner or later he's going to be hanging out with Tyler Perry on talk shows, <laughs> you know, and they're going to be and they're going to be basically lighting their cigars with with hundred dollar bills, but then the art the artwork is the art sorry the 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 art aspect of it is gone. I mean, I I I think he's savvy enough to know that his brand now is not being a brand, so we'll see. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do because it's, it, it, it's, and also to, to the thing that it, it's a feeder system. So today in Hollywood, we'll be real it, for many years, uh, probably since its inception, it is an old white man boys club out there. Oh yeah. You know, and, and so I think it's important that we're seeing, you know, the diversity, not in the sense of the kind of corporate, hey, we're going to hire these people so we look good on a corporate level, but like 
to you know to see the actual you know to see real artists come out of there and show no they're bankable they're these people want to see what they have to do i think that's a good turning point and it allows other folks who are growing up who might not would have considered that as a career option now looking at it saying oh no i can do this I, i'm interested in this i want to i want to create i think it only lays the groundwork for more of that i well, I, I hope so because you know even you know, he, I mean, he's, he's made very controversial statements um, saying, look, I will not do a movie that has a, a white lead. They'll, they can be, you know, I, I will develop their characters and make them, you know, whole human characters, but they, I cannot do that because this is, you know, this is what the system has not done for us. I mean, we've been tropes and stereotypes and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I got, this is the first horror movie that I've seen with black people, uh, with a monster at least, where the black person didn't scream "God damn" or, or you know, you, you, you know, shit, and then get killed. I mean, they they weren't comic relief; they were the heroes, and 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 they, and they weren't like um, um, shallow heroes. They were heroes who were like, "Oh fuck! I mean, I fucked up. I I better go to Plan B and C real fast," you know. Um, but you know, but that's that's creativity because look, I mean, look, it doesn't even have to take that that racial element. I, I mean, I'll, I'll take a movie. I'll take I'll take one of your dad's movies. I'll 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 take um, Predator. The 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 trope in a movie like that would be a bunch of these macho type guys with Arnold going into the jungle and murdering everything in sight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you do see that, and then kaboom, there is a pivot. And now they are being hunted and they can't do shit. And they have to, they have to basically throw aside all of their bullshit. The you know, until the end, it's just Arnold and a stick. I mean, exactly. and, and I think that, 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 that kind of creativity, um, uh, whether it's, whether it's black people or making a movie or, or white people, I think that kind of creativity at a basic level needs to come back. And I think he's showing Hollywood, that that needs to come back. I, I even, you know, I use Predator as an example all the time. I mean, you know, you, 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 before that, and sadly after that, to some extent, to make bucks, you know, you had a situation where it was a bunch of, a bunch of you know, manly dudes, and they're just murdering people, and, and you watch to cheer them and eat your popcorn to see how they can dispatch the bad guys, how often... You know, we're seeing that with the, you know, with the, with the, with the Fast and Furious stuff, where now they're right. in outer space. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, they're they're getting more ridiculous. They're not getting more creative, and, and I think yeah. Americans have to understand there's a difference between getting more ridiculous and getting creative. That's not getting creative, having Tyrese and and Ludacris in outer space, and 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 having you know Vin Diesel grunt through his lines, you know, <laughs> at, at, at an international spy. Whereas ten years ago they were dirt track racing in California. That's that's not evolution. That's just no. picking up the ridiculous factor to get more butts in the seats. I think that Jordan Peele showing us, I mean, if you want the thesis statement for the day, that you can be creative and get butts in the seats. Yup, without a doubt. And I think, you know, Predator's a good analogy to that because it, 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 the director, John McTiernan, was doing some good work there in the sense of, of you know, there's that moment where they, they unload all of their firepower into the jungle and then, you know, a guy comes back and says, yeah, there's nothing. We didn't hit a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was such a great, subtle commentary on, you can go a million different ways with it, a com commentary well, and, on militarism, and, and, a commentary on the blockbusters of the era. Oh, yeah. you know. And McTiernan is, is in that group of, of people that, 
had to kind of put the, the industry aside and, 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 and kind of make, do his own thing. Um, you know, because you can tell his, his type of adventure, you know, movie is totally different from the other, from anything else. I mean, you know, there, there, there's sadness and there's, um, there's loss and the people are, are you know, the, some of them might not, might not even be heroic or positive characters, but they're, they're put to the test and they got to do something or else they're fucked. Yeah. And, I mean, you I, saw that. He, he, he displayed that beautifully, actually, in his follow-up, which was Die Hard. Yeah. Which, which there you had, it rarely went against the grain for Hollywood of that era, and that you had, a, you had a character who, yeah, survived some pretty extreme things, but he actually bled, which was rare. I mean, that was a rare yeah. thing back then. It was like, whoa, whoa, yeah. the main character is, like, not built like a superhero, and, he's, and exactly. he bleeds and is hurt? Like, you know, like, seeing a resurgence of that kind of, like you said, not spectacle, but... Uh, creative storytelling and and really making people think is something that we we need to see more of today and and, and uh, I have a good friend who who was in Nope who, who played you know Antlers Holst and Michael Wincott um, right. you know he's worked with some pretty incredible uh, 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 directors and, and and people over to Ridley Scott and and all of them and he said the Jordan Peele set was he still wishes he could be on that set today I was I was watching some documentary about that you know. If the director treats the character actors really well, sometimes even better than the, the quote stars, you know that's a good director because that director knows that's the character actors that really carry the movie. I mean, the stars get people to come to see the movie, but the story gets carried by the character actors. You know, I, I, he was excellent. And I mean, from the beginning, you know, I, when I saw him there and I'm like, okay, something's going to happen with him because he's not going to just be in this movie to be in this movie. Something is going to happen. You know, and, he, and of course, he's watching his, his movies of, you know, anacondas killing rabbits and stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. This guy, this guy has a story here. Yeah. We got to see what he's going to do. And he did, you know, and I, I was blown away by that. I mean, I, that shit didn't, I didn't expect that at all. No, no. I, you know, I, the great thing about Michael, even though he's my friend, he didn't let me in on anything that was going to happen in the film ahead of time. You know, people have kind of equated that part to like the Quint character, you know, of the film. If you're yeah, comparing but, it to Jaws. But, but, he, but he wasn't. And see, exactly. that's the beauty of it. Yep. And, 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 you know, he was, he, he wasn't obsessed. He wasn't, he wasn't one dimensional. You know, he had a lot of dimensions to him and he wasn't obsessed. He's like, this is something interesting. And I think at the last, and there's a human reaction at the last possible minute. He's like, you know what? I mean, I might get fucked here, but you know, I think this is probably worth preserving. And, 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 and he did it. Whereas Quint, you know, was, you knew he was going to get killed. From, <laughs> be kidding. He's like, you know, I want, I want this shark. I mean, I, I, I'm going to get this shark. He's like, he's like, he's like the guy in um, um, Captain Ahab, you know, something's yeah. going to, it's going to, it's going to be bad. Yep. And, and and if if you create the character to be that one dimensional, that's fine. I mean, I think that that's why, you know, we don't say that you know, um, um, you know, Moby Dick was 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 dumb. I mean, you know, it, it, it was it was you know the characters were were engineered to be a certain way. Like Quint, let's say, you know, uh, to, to to give Peter Benchley, you know, a fellow author, you know, his due. I mean. Quint was probably in the book was 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 engineered. I think in the movie, when you have a film where you got to get more broad appeal, 
yeah, you know, you, you probably take away some of their dimensions. Um, but to tell you the truth, I mean, sometimes it's the opposite in the book than in the movie. Sometimes the movie shows more of, a, of, of humanity and, and, and a different conflicting uh, dimensions. That's why I always read the book next. Like, I'll go see the movie and then I'll read the book because to me, the book is like going into the expanded universe. You know, it's like, okay, if, if it's based on a, on a book, I'll always kind of say, you know what, I'm going to wait, watch the movie, then I'll read the book. Because to me, then you, I get more out of it where I had too many times happen where you read the book and it's this brilliant, you know, all the characters are fleshed out, you know, the motivation. Then you see the movie and you're like, well, shit, that left so much on the table. <laughs> you know, I, I have to, I, the, the, the one time I have to tell you that it really affected me because I was young. Um the one time that I saw that where I read the book and then I saw the movie was uh, um, Phil K. Dix to Android's Dream. And then I saw Blade Runner and Roy Batty's character, Rutger Harris, Howard's character in the movie was so much more richly textured. Um, in, the, in the book, he was, you know, he, he was a rope. He was, you know, he was, a, you know, an android, but he was also a dick. He was an <laughs> asshole in the, in the book. But in the movie, I mean, that whole thing with the tears and rain and, you know, mm. about life and everything. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff you expect to see and read in a book and not on film. And again, there's Ridley Scott, you know, yeah. who's, who's a maverick, you know, carrying um, carrying the industry. I mean, look, what you know, I mean, a Alien and Blade Runner changed the whole sci-fi uh, genre, you know, and it really broke off. You had the Star Wars stuff going that way. And the the kind of social commentary, humanity mm -hmm. commentary, sci-fi stuff going that way, and he's responsible for that. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of Ridley's work, especially his early work. Um, and 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 I like you said, it's rare when you can walk into a theater and, and having read the book and walk in and say, oh wow, they actually made this a little better, or it worked a little little nicer this way. As I look at at Nope, I saw it up here in Minneapolis, and literally. Uh, there was a there was applause at the end of the film, you know, and I hadn't seen that in a long time when going to the movie theater. I, I the last time I was at a film and I saw and I saw that was probably the the, the first Black Panther, but there was applause at the end of this. I mean, and, and I went to see it at at uh, one of these you know Alamo Draft House type places, and they run a lot of counterculture stuff before they do the the the, the, um, the previews. They've showed an old uh, clip of that guy from the 60s who, who sang that song, The Flying Purple People Eater. And you got to wonder, it's like, what, you know, it was just a joke. And, you, and then you realize that that's, that was part of his, his inspiration. I mean, and, you know, and again, it goes back to art. I mean, everything goes back to art. I mean, even, you know, I mean, it, it, look, what, what, set, what set your dad apart in the movies and then wrestling, you know, I'm not being I'm not I'm not being you know an asshole here. It's, it's art. It's art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what sets you apart from the average dickhead in in in, in acting or the average dickhead in the ring is art. I mean, so and, 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 and for Jordan Peele to sit there and listen to a song from his childhood and turn it into a blockbuster movie and then add black cowboys into it too. I mean, that's that's art. That, you know, there are, there are very few of us that can do that. I mean, yeah. I, I'm in awe of people that can do that. Oh, me, me too. And and you know, and I thought that 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 speech at the beginning uh, about the the the, the jockey, uh, yeah, the jockey and all that that was incredible because it it to infuse 
film history and then commentary and the fact that, yeah, we all know who shot that, but we don't remember who rode the horse. Yeah. You know, I mean, to infuse that within 10 minutes of the opening of a summer film is you just don't see that kind of intelligence behind the camera that often. And, mm. and, and that element alone, and then to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this piece of film history. And I remember seeing that cause I was actually at the Cannes film festival when I was about 19 years old, they had these little flip books where you like, you flip the pages and it creates a moving image in the flip book. And they, it, a bunch of them were like the first, they were all based on like the first ever things that people saw in the theaters. And one of them was the jockey. And the other was the train, the famous train that kind of comes into the station that apparently they call as the first ever horror film. Because uh, uh, people in the audience, when they saw this train coming at them on the screen, literally like climbed over each other to get away from the screen because they'd never had that perspective of a train coming. You know? um, but to infuse that and then say, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to now make characters whether you believe them or not, or if it's their own family legend or whatever, that are direct descendants from that particular piece of film history, and now I'm going to put them through all this, there's just a brilliance at work that needs to be applauded and then hopefully needs to be duplicated, not in a, in a carbon copy way, but in a, you know, all right, you can do this now, take this and run with it, and let's see more of this. What, what's going on with Jordan Peele is I, I, maybe at some point, he got lucky and somebody just kind of let him through the pipeline without any of the bullshit. Because if you look at, at, at get out and us, I mean, that looks like something that a lot of traditional uh, uh, studio people did not touch. I mean, it, it's almost like somebody left the gate unlocked and he got through and that, and he, and, and he, he got, he, he then boom, boom, here's get out and us. And now, and, 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 and they're like, okay, we can't kick him out. Maybe we can lock the gate behind him, but he's already in now. And so he makes, and so he makes, um, no. And, you know, the key is going to be, is he going to be able to unlock that gate so more people can come in, like you said? Because if he can't, I think we're in trouble because then you're going to start see, to see some imitators and, and, um, you know, stuff that's not that good. I mean, I, I saw a movie, uh, a streaming movie on, on Netflix called The Master. Um, uh, it's about a, a Northeast a Massachusetts school. It could be an a, a Ivy League school or it could be just, you know, like an Amherst type place where it gets its first black uh, master, you know, which is a master of the, the dorms of the colleges. And it also mirrors uh, the, the situation of a, a black female freshman who comes in and the, the, the reviews were saying, well, it's very PLS-esque. And, and I think what was, but the problem was, is that it wasn't using horror as the vehicle. In other words, the supernatural was not the vehicle to show the social commentary. The social commentary was using the horror. So there weren't any ghosts or witches or any of that stuff that you think you saw. It was basically just the black characters manifesting this horror in a white system. Mm. And, Sometimes that works, but I think the the person who wrote and directed it this was their first movie, and I think that's probably why it didn't it it really took a while to kind of understand it. Mm -hmm. And so, if if he's if he's developing that kind of talent, I think for for a first for you know a first effort that kind of movie is really good. But at the same time, you really have to study what he's doing. I mean, you know it. You 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 have to be a true master, if you will, 
if you're going to use, you know, real life as the horror, and then the horror becomes the hallucination. People have done that before, but it's that's very hard to explain. That you really have to pay attention to a movie like that. Yeah, you do. I it, it there's another film that came out too that I when I saw the trailer, I haven't seen the film yet, but when I saw the trailer, it had that kind of same vibe of like, oh, it's 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 like a, a appeal esque, which again is a testament to his to Jordan Peele's ability that now you know he's become a genre, you know, or, or you know the people refer to him. Uh, was uh, I don't know if you saw the trailer, if you saw the film, but it was uh, they made a film, uh, a horror film called Karen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, with Terry yeah, Manning. Yeah, I saw I saw the trailer. I think that was, I don't know if that was Netflix or or, or Prime Video or something. Yeah, but that was one of those things. Was like, ah, this is definitely a direct. You this film wouldn't have gotten greenlit or budgeted or any of that kind of thing without Get Out. Exactly. You know, and and you know to kind of continue that, we're taking you know the it, social issues of our day uh, and putting them into a horror context, which. You know, I haven't seen Karen yet, so I don't want to judge it. But the trailer alone, I was like, "Well, that's ingenious." <laughs> like, you know, I'm like that's that's interesting. Um, but you know, it's it's yeah. I think I think like you said, man. Moving forward, I think we're we're. I'm happy that a film like Nope got released. I'm happy that the you know everybody had an incredible experience in making it. From what I've heard. And I can only look forward to what the man does next. Um, Chris, I want to thank you. It's been about a half hour now. So I want to thank you for, sure. for coming on today and, and talking, man. Look forward to having you on again in the future. Um, and, and good luck with uh, with your, you have an upcoming book coming out. Yeah, called Stand Alone. Um, don't, let the, don't let the title fool you. It's actually the sequel to uh, Scavenger where you have the uh, protagonist who was a, a, a homeless uh, drug addict in Washington, became a private detective and now he's got to kind of move around in uh more um you know erudite circles um but you know still the same old slime you know to deal with and uh, it takes place during covid which is you know i wanted to really do something because a, a lot of the people in his community that he knew died um so that has a big effect on him and you know why is why did he survive and and not a lot of them so it's called Standalone from Three Rooms Press again. It'll be out October 18th. And uh, we're still fishing around for scavenger uh, for, for film. I can't I can't go into too much detail, but you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I hope it goes well. <laughs> we have, we have scavenger some bites. is a great book, man. <laughs> we have some bites. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic, man. Well, congratulations. I I wish you the best on that for sure, because like I said, Scavenger was a hell of a book and and you created a great character uh, to work with in that, that, you know, murder mystery noir genre. And I want to see Jordan Peele put your dad in a movie. Oh man, that'd be bad. <laughs> I would love to see something like that. Obviously, uh, I don't know. If my dad's got the acting chops for that, man. Like, whoa. well, it depends. I mean, no, it, it just having him in the movie alone. I mean, it's something. Like, like maybe him working on a toll booth or something like that. I mean, it, that that would just that would just drive everybody wild. Oh yeah, man, I would love to see it. I, I was still fighting to see get the cats who made Stranger Things, man. It's like, come on, if you're doing '80s throwbacks, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta get, you know, you gotta you gotta get, you gotta get the boas, somewhere. the feather boas, out of the closet and get them on the set. Oh yeah, well, I, here's a bit for you too, Chris. Is I, I will just because I know you're a fan of the film and all that. We were going through some of my dad's stuff, and we actually found the original Predator hat. Oh wow! The the the, the kind of cowboy right. snakeskin thing that he had on, and and what was funny is he kept it in a plastic box all these years, and when you open the box, you could still smell 
Mexico. Like right. so they shot it down in Puerto Vallarta, and I was like, "Wait, I know that smell. That's Mexico. Wow!" <laughs> like you know, like you haven't washed this thing since the set. Right. right. <laughs> but uh, no, always a pleasure having you on, Chris. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, definitely, anybody who's listening, go check out Scavenger. Pick up the new book uh, when it comes out in October. Pleasure to have you on, sir, today. Thank, Thank you for joining you. me.